Critical conversation is a conversation that, it, that reveals important content, not only about ourselves, but about other people. Critical conversations edify, heal, and provide substance. Join Latanya Harris Gooden as she introduces us to critical conversations right here on Trailblazing Radio. Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell nickel and lead free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's the bling of all bling. When you're really going out on the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So we have items for women, for men, and for young fashionistas out there. We don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished on Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, Latanya Harris Gooden. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one that makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be. Because I want you to be published on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out. They're watching you. So why not be polished, be poised, be purposeful? Glam it up with pop, honey. I got what you need. And that's the way it is. Good evening, good evening, all over the world. And even if you're on the moon and happen to be tuning in, baby, Nanu and Nanu. So listen here. Welcome to Critical Conversations. I am your hostess, LHG. Latanya Harris Gooden is my name. You can call me LHG. You have my permission to do so. Welcome to tonight's episode. Oh my, my. Let me drink a little bit of water because this one here. Hey, 
hallelujah. <laughs> this conversation gonna be heavy, okay? So what I did today in preparation for what's going to be delivered, I got magnetic lashes. Why? Because I, <laughs> my regular individuals was not gonna hold up today. The individuals was not gonna be able to help me today. So I went to the beauty supply. Yes, I did. Shout out my beauty supply in Westland. And I got the magnetics because I, hey, that's how you got to do when you know it's going to be deep like that. So I need you to tag and share. I need you to follow Trailblazers Radio and subscribe and like. I need you to follow Critical Conversations. I need you to, to tag your people. The discussion that's going down today, it's a game changer. The post that my first guest put on her page one eyelash just started sliding off. It was just heavy like that. But it was so needed because I had been dealing with this subject and really didn't know how to introduce the discussion. Yep, the queen of conversation wasn't sure about this conversation because I've been feeling a little funny about it. So I'm just gonna let you know who's in the room right now. The makeup artist of the galaxy <laughs> is in the room and she's doing what it is that she does so well. Everybody is a celebrity when you're in the chair of Lady Teresa Callahan. She's Aww. my makeup artist. She's my sister. And the experience that I've had in that chair right there. First of all, the chair holds plus size sisters. Thank you, Lady Teresa. <laughs> the chair on. held the girl up with no with no noises. The chair, thank you, chair. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. You knew the assignment. You held your girl. Okay. I mean, because let me tell you, big women go through things, and you may think that's kind of small, but I gotta know that I, wherever I'm going, that your furniture can hold a girl up. I mean, I'm just just talking real. Okay. You that's stuff that go on my mind. Lady C had me covered in every possible way. She's here in the room. You see her? That is what she does. She creates an experience like none other. Do need to follow her and make sure if you're in the Metro Detroit area or if you want to fly from Hong Kong and get your makeup done in that chair, book oh, your flight, boo-boo. Book oh, your how long is that flight? 72 hours? Have snacks. Okay. Snacks and fly here and get your makeup done. Yes, it's just like that. And you already know Kyle Shonda. Kyle Shonda, I'm gonna get it right. Kyle Shonda, she's no stranger, neither is Lady Callahan to the show. When you have women in your circle, first of all, if you don't have a circle of ladies of influence that are doing things that you might even want to do or consider doing that you can respect, you're doing yourself a disservice. I am so blessed. That's the word I want to use. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I am blessed to be in the company of these ladies and that we can talk so transparently. We, we are believers. But we are all out of the box kind of believers. We real with this. This is a, this is our life. You know what I'm saying? And we may not do it like you do it, you know, and we're going to get into that. But we love the Lord. Have the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. We all of that good churchy stuff. But we real people as well. We recognize that we ain't at the gate yet. Oh, we're going to get there if you live right. You will make it to the gate. But guess what? We have not landed there just yet. And we're in a whole human experience. And part of tonight's discussion is about that experience. We're talking about, and welcome, ladies, by the way. Thank you. Welcome. I love you all. Thank you for 
being so willing to come on and kick it with me. We're talking about how to have the conversation with your children. And no matter what age they are, we're we probably going to touch it all tonight about spirituality. You may want to call it religion and I'm, I'm comfortable with what you want to call it, but I'm going to say spirituality and or religion. How do you open up dialogue and when, how, how, when's the time to do it? I mean, just as important as talking about sexuality, you got to talk about spirituality. You got to talk about what's happening in the world today. And the way we were raised, I, I'm almost 50. I'm, I'm probably the oldest person in the room. So my, my upbringing is, was, was set up differently from what I can deliver to my daughter. My daughter is 20 today. Happy birthday, Madam Producer. Oh, she's 20 today. Today. And she's in the room. I asked her to come on, but she's a little shy, but she said she would hang out. I ain't going to force her. So when I came across this post that uh, Lady C put up, and she was talking about how her and the choir master, wow, Pastor Larry Callahan, how they approached this discussion in their home. And let me just be honest with you. I'm not saying that I have all the answers. Critical conversations is just that. It's a conversation. It's putting some things in perspective and you're going to do what, what's best for you at the end of the day. However, this could have been on your heart. This could have been something that, like me, like I had been kind of mulling over and it was, I know it was God that I went past her post like, whoa, ooh, please go live. I was like, please go live, please go live. And she went live and I wasn't going to watch it because I knew she was going to come on and talk about it. But I rode home listening and you in for something. So you're going to probably need to fasten your seatbelt. Um, if you're heavy on tradition, uh, you may want to get you something strong to drink. Um, put you maybe a little Verners and a couple extra ice cubes, like not diet Verners, the real Verners, because this is about to be a game changer. Because if you haven't noticed, there are different generations living in the world today. And as a different generation shows up and arrives here, we have to make some necessary adjustments. I'm not saying that we are trying to change the word of God. Never can't do it, can't add, can't take away. No. I understand that, and I'm not here to debate that part. We're here to say, well, how do we deliver this discussion about God and spirituality and relationship to our children? Uh -huh. The people that God gifted us with, and our job is to prepare them for life beyond us, right? So we got to have these types of conversations, no matter how uncomfortable and we got to make some decisions on how to do that sensitively. And I asked my sister to come in because I know her vibe. And I know that she's going to be able to contribute to this because her and her husband's name is Larry, too. Chef extraordinaire. And I wanted her to chime in because I've watched them and I follow them on social media and personally I've been around them and I admire how they operate as a family unit. Uh, family is very important to me. Uh, being connected spiritually as a family is important. Um, but each household has to do things according to the DNA that they have. Every family has its own DNA. 
Yeah. What works for, in, for my house may not necessarily, you know, work for you the same way. You may have to say, okay, I'll take the meat. I got a little bone in there and spit that thing out and be okay with it. But collectively, we're just having a conversation to spark another dialogue that I'm hoping more people start having and have with no apologies. Because if God is important to you and if you're a believer, then we want to convey that with conviction to our children in a way that's palatable for them, for them. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, walk up to Gabrielle here with spitting and trying to tear in the Holy Ghost for four hours. Okay. <laughs> might happen to you. Um, not sure what, but that's not going to work for my baby. It barely worked for me. It, it, listen, I want to say breath blank. I want to say back up. Right. But I knew I couldn't, but in, in the corridors of my mind, I was like, would take off. Okay. I got it. Can we go home? I just faked it. They scared me. And if, I'm not here to offend nobody, but the truth is what the truth is. Some stuff kind of went on that was a little questionable at times. Do do I do I regret my upbringing? No. No, absolutely not. No. I thank you, Minister Ruth King. Thank you, late great Minister Grant King. Thank you, my daddy John Harris, for introducing Christ in your own way. Um, yeah. Hey, Lorinda. Oh, we got some. We got some comments. LW, you in here? Hey, girl. Thank you for joining today. I appreciate you for rocking with us. But I just know that the way things were done in the eighties, it was almost like a scare tactic. It was almost like you gotta do it this way, or you ain't gonna make it to the gate. It's, you gotta. It was more of like a here, just it. And over the generations, that's not effective. Yep. When I saw Lady C's post, oh, I was all in because I love my daughter, and I want her to connect with God in a way where it's real, it's authentic. So, ladies, see what I want to start with. First of all, can I pray real quick? Absolutely. Father, I really thank you for how you bring things together. I'm telling you, whew, you know just what to do when it needs to be done. You know how to bring people together and paths cross in such a way where we can learn and grow from each other. We can all eat at the same time. We ain't got to be jealous. We ain't got to be envious. You give it every woman on this screen so much talent so much anointing so much power that i'm just excited to be in the room thank you for everyone who's watching and let everyone who's watching have an open heart and an open mind to listen to what's being said um and if they take offense lord i'm let you deal with them because they your job not mine so god i give you glory i give you praise for what's going to be said and how it's going to make things be illuminated a little bit better for someone who really wanted to hear this and needed to hear this such as I. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Did y'all see the commercials? I got commercials. Okay. You if you're in the metro Detroit area, and you might even want to drive from Chicago or the, the, neighboring, the neighboring areas as well for this particular event, that lady at the bottom of the screen 
Kyle Shonda, uh, the self-love guru. She's an author, um, just an entire vibe, an entire movement of self-love, self-growth, self-awareness. Madam Positivity, she brings it everywhere she is. She is putting on an event that is going to be amazing. It includes Lady Callahan. And when you have those two brains in the same room, put your comfortable shoes on, but still be cute. If you, I mean, you may want to bring your heels, but you might want to be a little comfortable. Don't let your waist trainer take you out that day. Loosen that thing up just enough so you can digest what's going to be said. Because, oh, husband's in the comments. Hi, honey. Thank you for popping in. Because these entrepreneurs, um, they're going to bring it. And there are some other big names that I know, authors, entrepreneurs that are going to be in the room. And the hostess with the mostess is going to make sure it's lively. I love, love, love her. So you need to get your tickets and you need to be expeditious about that. Uh, do not delay. Do not procrastinate. Procrastination is a spirit. Don't let that thing get up on you and get your ticket so you can be in the place. If you are an entrepreneur, been considering it, or you just need some, some examples of really strong, powerful women, and you want to see them in person and how they interact with each other and how much love can be in the room, get in there. Get in the room, please. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. There aren't too many events I've missed that Kayo Shonda has done. I try not to miss nothing. There are certain people in my life where when they're doing something, I'm like, what day is that? Let me, where's my calendar? Okay, yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, I need to be there. Because there's information being presented from people that are in the industries, the different industries, and they're sharing. Right. They're not the kind of people to hoard their success and information. They want you to be successful too. So I'll show it again toward the end. You need to be in the place. It's going to be awesome. So I'm going to open the floor to Lady C. And I want you, if you can, sister, to start with the post and what prompted you. There had to be something that prompted you to post that and how it kind of grew from there. And then we're just going to kick it organically from there. Okay. Um, first of all, let me say thank you for bringing me on. Uh, I love you and Shonda. Both of you know that. Um, so you give me the opportunity to just talk about this because I understand that it's a pain point for any mom or dad who loves their children and understand the climate in which we live. So um, actually, if, I, if I'm really honest, um, the intention was not even to share it. Um, you know how God does things like, you know, you just going about your day posting without intention. Honestly, I had intention. Um, I just was kind of posting what was going on in my house at the time. And at that time, um, my daughter um, came to me like the Sunday prior to that. I was like, hey, I hope you cook a good meal today because, hey, I'm going on a three day uh, fast without any food, just water. <laughs> All right now what and wow. let me just say that that was her first fast she had never honey she had never even wanted to daniel fast okay wow. let's be very clear honey there was never a daniel fast ever in her life wow her first fast and she went straight up all the way in 
Okay, it's a lot of grown folks that have not done that. Truth. M E. I've never done that. I just did it for the first time this year. <laughs> so I never, I've never even, I've never attempted. Um, but she did, and that was her first fast, and she went all the way through it um, with all of the different changes that you experienced. That so just watching that. Um, when I posted it, it was, I want to say her first day. Okay. So I just was, I was, um, I don't know. I guess I was a little inspired. I was insp definitely inspired by it, but I also understood the rarity of it. Yes. Right? And, and I started to just really think about how did we get here? Mm. Like, how did she even get to that decision um, too fast? Like, where does a person have to be spiritually already to decide that they know yes fasting would be beneficial that part right so i thought about that and that's when i put the post out uh, because i started to you know hear from god and, and the fact that you know it it didn't just happen because she she decided to do a fast but it happened because she was positioned to be able and empowered to be able to make the decision to do so Wow. Because the, the thing about it is that God is not punishing us if we don't fast. Because it's not a requirement because you say, right? God, you don't get punishment because, you know, you don't fast on a regular basis. That's not a requirement for us to be saved. Okay. So let's just put that here. So don't be guilty or guilt yourself because you're not a fast person. Okay, so let's just make this thing all the way practical. Jesus is not, God is not punishing you because you're not a faster. Okay, let him call you into a fast. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Okay. Right. You know, but um, so I didn't have any intention on, on posting it, but I understood the rarity of it. And as I was posting, and this is as I was posting, the Lord just started to deal with me and tell me to make myself available if someone else was interested in, what I what I did, and at, when I put that post out, I could not believe. I'm I'm not even holding you up. I was so I was so taken aback by like people like yes, can you please share? I'm like what? Mm -hmm. I, I just had no idea. I just had no idea really what the need for that, and that maybe that's a thing that people are really thinking about. So I I just wanted to share, just like I am about everything else. I'm a person who will share resources. I'm just, I'll share what I have. Doesn't mean that you have to take it on. That doesn't mean that it's going to fit. But I don't mind sharing just so that you know that you don't have to fit into the realms of tradition because I didn't do that. Um, what I what I did was quite unorthodox according to how I was raised. So that's really what it was. I didn't have any intention on sharing it. But when I did and I got the feedback, then I just went further with it. I love it. First of all, let's let's go back. You hear when she said fasting is not something that you have to do in terms of being saved. So if you don't fast, God ain't gonna send you to the back door of heaven versus the front. Um, he ain't gonna say that you know your membership is knocked down to basic versus platinum. Um, so I mean, let's just put that out there because there are some people that maybe didn't see it that way. Yeah. And we're taught certain things as children and we take that as the gospel and no shade to our parents and grandparents. They taught probably what they were taught and they were stuck to that. 
Whatever that was, that's just what it was. Don't question. And don't you dare question me or question God. What? Questions? We don't do questions here. That's, that's how I was raised. Uh-uh, ain't no question. You just do it because I said do it this way. Yeah. So I just want to I want to thank you for putting that out there. And you're gonna have a lot of aha moments, ladies and gentlemen, as this conversation unfolds, such as that. Continue on, Lady C. That's good stuff. Yeah, I think um what happens and what is so unattractive about faith a lot of times is um the dogmatic things that we put in place that God didn't say. Um, I think you know, God, you know, God didn't make that a requirement. Of course, there are benefits, but it is yeah, not there are benefits, yeah benefit but it's not a condition come on that art it's not it's a bent there are benefits to it but it's not conditional like that uh, the condition upon your salvation is that you fast it's not that so that i think people have made it a condition rather than something that just could be beneficial and we have a comment lorinda says bless our elders i can see her saying bless Bless our elders and ancestors. But some of their understanding of the things of God led us to a belief of performance-based acceptance from God. Woo-wee. Yes. There's absolutely nothing you can do to make him love you any less. Woo. Um, And, you know, all of these, I think faith is way more practical than people make it. Mm. When you, when you, when you have it more practical, it makes it attainable. And yes. then make it attainable, then people are more apt to do it and follow it. I love that. We make it spooky. A lot of times we make it complex. Uh, because at some point back in the, in our lineage somewhere, we felt that if it was complicated, you know, oh, it you got to do it just like this. And you got to, you know, you got to make sure that when you're praying, you're standing on your good foot. And you got to be, you know, in this type of mindset on this knee. It's just a lot of things that we just thought were biblical, but really were preference almost or traditional, but not necessarily scripturally sound. So, Lorinda, I 100% agree. And Sandra Mays, hi, Sister Sandra, agrees as well. Go ahead, let me see. Yeah, so uh, um, that's just really, you know, I think what what I'm probably one of the things that I'm really called to do in this this time and in this season is to make faith less spooky, more attainable, mm. and understand that God doesn't He doesn't think the same way as we think about a whole lot of stuff. And we got a lot of breaking down to do. I mean, everything is a wonderful foundationally, but we got a lot of breaking down to do in order to really be able to walk in the fullness of what god has for us you know just period yes i agree so when you when you posted that you said people were like please go live so evidently this was something that people needed to to start a type a dialogue about and you ended up doing your live video take us through what you discussed so on my live video i really talked about the non-traditional things that i did um in order to make sure my kids were positioned to be able to learn um the first thing was um my husband works for church you all said this all right y'all say about it beautiful <laughs> oh my gosh gorgeous um so what I what I discussed was 
um, some of the non-traditional things that I did um, to make sure that my kids were positioned to understand, okay? Um, so the, the first thing that I said was uh, my husband worked for church. So yes. you already know that that comes with this different set of circumstances because he actually works for church. Um, and so what we as a family were doing at first was just kind of following him where he went. Now, anybody knows anything about my husband? Like he wasn't just hopping around, just hopping along from here to there and everywhere. Right. Like he was going to certain churches around the city and he was there for years. So what we would do is when he went somewhere, we would just follow him. Okay. Um, for the sake of being together as a family. Yes. Right. Because that's what we were taught. Like the family should worship together. Right. That was a fundamental thing that, you know, you know, was talked about in black homes. Like, yes, got a husband then you, you as the wife should worship where your husband worships. Right. And I don't think in theory there's anything wrong with that, but it does become something wrong with it if um, if all parties are not being fed. Correct. Um, then that has to be called into question if you're just going somewhere for the sake of being in the car together. Woo-wee. Um, or in this, on the same pew together. Like, y'all live together. So y'all going to be together. But I think our spirituality... And where we are spiritually um, can fundamentally and foundationally be the same place, but our needs are different. Mm -hmm. um, so one, what, what may be important to one may not be as important to other. You might be able to, a person may, you know, go and thrive at a church with a bunch of music, but a person said, no, I am a word person. I just need this piece. The music I can, I, they don't even have to be able to sing for me uh, if, if, if the word is right. So like the, the needs can be very different. So for us, my husband worked at church and I found in my experiences with him that my, my children and I, and maybe even him, were not receiving what we needed to receive. Okay. Um, and I would ask my kids every time we got out of the car, I would say, is everybody's heart to open? That was just from the kids. That it was just something that I would say. Like just, and I would drop them off at school. I'd say, take the Lord God with you. You know, every time they got out of the car and every Went to church. I asked them where they heart it was. Everybody's hearts open to receive. My kids be like, "Yeah." At the and it wasn't just to say something because they truly wanted to hear the word. I found very early that my children long for the word because yes. I prayed about it about what God wanted to do and use them from when they were born. So mm -hmm. that's gonna be the foundation of what I'm gonna talk about as far as the kids. So my kids started asking questions. They were saying things like. I would ask them, well, what did you hear the preacher say? And they were like, he was talking about all of these things he talked about when he was at work and all of this stuff. But I don't know what he was trying to say. Lord have mercy. Then after that, it, it would be the same thing. Like, oh, he said, he said this. And I heard him say that. But I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And I'm like, okay. So then, you know, years had went by there. And then my husband started working at another church and he was there for even longer okay. and I, my kids the children's church and i'd be like well what did you learn my kids like oh man i ain't learned nothing there we went in there because they got cheeses and fruit snacks come on fruit snack anointing if they wanted the snacks they like we be going in there for the snacks because they be having good snacks and i found that problematic yes 
end, my kids start asking me to go in church with me. Now they was willing to forsake the snacks. Wow. Go into church with me because they truly wanted to hear. So I had to start thinking mm -hmm. that my children desire something and I would be, I would probably, I would definitely be doing them a disservice if I didn't listen to this hunger. Mm. So my husband and I made a decision to part ways. Okay. I, I decided that my children needed their own experience. I had already been taught how to go before the Lord. I had already been taught that the on Sunday was not supposed to be the first time that I opened my Bible all week. I'd already been taught how to seek the Lord. I had already been taught those things. I had that advantage already. So I knew how to chew up the meat and spit out the bones, as people say. I knew how to do that. But my children were still in that learning phase. Yes. So I needed to make sure that they had the spiritual arsenal that they needed. Because guess what? They going to school and folks is committing suicide. Exactly. They got all kinds of stuff that in with. And so I knew that my children needed spiritual weaponry, just that like I needed. Okay. Let me let me put a, a bookmark right there because you you walking heavy. So what I'm hearing you say, and I'm gonna check in with um Kyle Shonda on these two points. First of all, I heard you say we had a conversation. Yeah. So you're saying you sat down with your family and children included yeah, and talked about the church experience for them, right? Absolutely. Okay. Kyle, Shonda, what do you think about that? Is that something that you feel is necessary? Absolutely. Well, I don't think they say so. It's, I mean, I grew up in the Missionary Baptist Church. Come on, NBC. They give you the right hand of fellowship. They tell you that it is to work out your own soul salvation. Yes, ma'am. I can't work my kids' soul salvation out, so they should get a step in what that work looks like for them. And it has to start when they're children. I grew up in the church. I feel mm -hmm. like when I got to college and I had a choice as to whether or not I continued attending church mm -hmm. it was my choice at that point and mm -hmm. i feel like i made the choice to do so because it was an innate part of me growing up okay and so i feel like if they are going to work out their own soul salvation as the parent i have to be a part of that foundation so okay. but they get to say so so i, I love totally that agree. i love that and then lady c said just like we attend church parents and there are certain um, things that we need from our worship experience, okay? Why would we think any differently? I think that's the grammatically way, okay? Differently for children. Because we, and, and when I was growing up, children's church, would just, just go, just go down there, just, just go. Go on to children's church. I'm not sure if we really cared what they were being taught. They weren't with us. It was almost like, I don't want to say penalty, but it was just like, just go on. I need to have my service without you. Go on over there. But do you even know what over there looks like? Beyond, and I do love me a good fruit snack. Let me just tell the world. I love <laughs> good fruit snack. Okay. I'm 47 and a good fruit snack is worship for me. Okay. But when you, when children forsake snacks, 
you know that thing is a is a hunger for real, for real. Because I don't know too many children that's going to say, no, you can keep your fruit snacks and your cheese. It's just, I just need something else. That means there was something already in them. There was a hunger already in there somewhere. Like mama said, keep our hearts open. Mama said to listen. I'm just not feeling this environment. No shade to y'all churches, but I'm not sure if you all are putting the, the time and effort into a, I hate to call it curriculum, into what you're, it's kind of is, into Sunday school back in my day was heavy. Mm-hmm. And we ain't had near food snack. Oh. It means? I mean, we did not have anything to eat. I'm triggered. But anyway. We really were taught in a, it was a book and it was a full blown lesson. And in some instances, that lesson aligned with what was being taught in the big church. Yeah. So when we got to Sunday school, what do we call it? Review. And you got called on to mention what you learned and connect the dots. You better have something to say because you're going to get called to the podium. To say, okay, did you learn about da 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 da? What did you learn? It was a big thing for us, mm-hmm. and I am still very much connected to my Sunday school teacher. God bless you, Minister Rosalie Shadricks. Um, and I tell her every time I see her, thank you, because she instilled in th- in us things that were in in line with what the big church was doing and what my mom was teaching, and it just made sense. And it's I. I held on to it, but I am so glad it's being said out in the public. You need to include your children in the discussion about the worship experience. Now, let me say this. Latanya Harris Gooden didn't do that at first. It was for me. I'm just being in really honest. You have to go right here because that's where the car is going and that's where your family is going. But my child was honest enough to say that is not where I want to go. Mm -hmm. So my son, because I always told them attending church is not an option. Okay. Relationship with God is. Mm, Okay. You're going to go to church because Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do. Okay. Um, But you get to choose what your relationship with God looks like. Mm Mm-hmm. And I realized my son was probably about six when we were um, at church and they had children's church and they had gotten a new teacher. Okay. Because their children's church is broken up into age groups. Yes. And they had gotten a new teacher. He went to his old teacher mm-hmm. and told her, I want to come to your class. Okay. And he's and she, you know, she inquired, you know, what's wrong? Why do you want to come to my class? Because that teacher talked to us like we done. We already know this stuff. Wow. And that to me was the wake-up call that somewhere a decision had been made. Yes. And that there was a hunger to actually learn and not just go. Because they have good snacks. And like, now, even now, like when they have their teen services, I'd be texting them like, what's the snack for today? Because mm-hmm. I need you to grab me one. Grab but me one. Have good snack. So, but now <laughs> again, it just it kind of just let me know that yes, you have to go where I say you're gonna go. Okay. Every little. You don't have right now, you right. don't have to, you don't have to say so because you don't know what you want yet. Right. 
but you get to choose what your relationship with God looks like. I can't, I can't do, I can't do that for you. I can, I can raise you up in the way that I think that you should go and pray that when you get old, you don't depart. Yes, ma'am. I don't get to decide what your relationship with God looks like. So when they were little church was not an option. That's where we went. And we just went together because this is the church that dad and I decided to go to. Mm-hmm. We were both being fed. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't got no choice because y'all can't stay home by yourself. So y'all going. Right. But it was when they were little, you get to choose what your relationship looks like. If you don't want nobody laying their hands and praying on you, you ain't there. It doesn't have to happen. Okay. That's not a requirement. Mm-hmm. Like Lady C said, if you don't feel like you're called to fast, then baby go eat. Yes. Like that's, it's not a requirement. The only requirement you have as a little kid is that you have to go where we go because you ain't got a ride to go nowhere else. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Your so, big wheel don't go that far and right. your skateboard right. ain't going that far. <laughs> they figured it, he figured it out young. He was like six because mm-hmm. I believe he was like the kindergarten, first grade class. And he was like, we already know this stuff. And she teaching us like we done. Mm-mm, I don't I'm, And to this day, he's 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 very vocal about mom on board. Wow, Mom, I don't know what they're talking about. They got it. We, we got it. Something else got to happen. Wow. And I just feel like at the church we are at, their youth leader listens to them. So important. And I believe that that's important too. If the staff is not listening to what the children have to say, then. And I'm, and that's in school, school, and in church. But I feel I, like it's very important because in the church, because a lot of us grew up where, as kids, you didn't have a say so. I didn't grow up like that though. And my father was a missionary Baptist church pastor. Mm-hmm. I was I was probably the most rebellious person in our church growing up because I had questions and I wasn't afraid to ask. Wow. So, yeah, why we gotta wear skirts? See, come on, question. At SOG, every time we have an engagement, I know can we wear pants? <laughs> we have to dress up. Can we wear heels? Like I, I ask every time. Like I, I every, everywhere I go. Look at that look, Lady C giving you. <laughs> and like even now, it's just that's just who I am. I have if I have a question, I'm going to ask it. And some people think that that's rebellious. It's okay, not. I don't care what you think, but I got a question. So answer it or don't. And I think it's just me. I'm a trainer, so I love when my students ask me questions. That means you paid it, you paid attention enough to say I was with you until right there. Can we go? Yeah. Because if you didn't care, you probably didn't even hear me enough to ask a dang on question. And that's how my kids are, and they actually have a youth leader who welcomes that. But I know that there's some who don't. So youth leaders. Listen if you're up. Not listen to the people who you are in charge of, then you're a dictator. Come on now. Truth. Truth. So I had a conversation with Gabby. Going back to Lorinda's comment about a performance-based acceptance of God. And this, I'm putting me, I'm using me as an example because this is my truth. When we would sit down at dinner, and I would say, Gabrielle, say grace. And she might say, you know. Grace, it's a simple grace. I used to ride her because I knew when I used to have to say grace because of who my parents were, it had to be, you better pray heaven down for this food and you better touch all the continents that God gave food to and and mention every disciple or your prayer is ineffective. 
So when I said, Gabby, do you think you should maybe add a little bit more? She was like, why? I prayed, didn't I? Now, if I had said that, I would have got smacked right back to Calvary. But <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> appreciate. She's like, please don't make me you. You gave birth to me, but I'm not another version of you reincarnated. I'm me. And I had to to, to and low key, you didn't even know why you had to add more to your grace. I didn't know. I just knew I would, and I did because I didn't want I didn't want no yeah. smoke. Yeah, I didn't want no smoke with the woman, okay? And I wanted to eat. <laughs> Red lobster was my thing, honey. I was like, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Mm. I mean, but and I have to step back and say, when and lady, see, you said this, and you even said it, K.O. Shonda. I want Gabby. And Gabby does have her own personal relationship with the Lord. And that may look differently, but I'm just glad she has one. I don't want to get so hemmed up on the fact that do I walk past her room and hear, Jesus. I don't hear that. But that, so, that don't mean she's not praying. That don't mean she's not communing with the Lord. It's, it's just that I have to come to grips with the fact she's a different human being. And Lorinda is one that will get on me like, girl, get up off her back. And I, that's experience God. I think too, um, Tanya, if I can add to that, um, I think it's important for our kids to definitely have a personal relationship with God. But what my emphasis is, is definitely that personalized relationship, but a personal relationship that is faithful. A person that's committed, a relationship that has all of the elements of being uh, rock solid and Mm -hmm. foundationally flat footed in it. Okay. Not a half hearted commitment. Yes. Whatever you decide has to have faithfulness attached to it. Yes. Yes. So good. Has to have commitment. Whatever you decide has to have discipline. Whatever, whatever you decide, however that looks for you, has to have all of those components. Mm-hmm. Having a personal relationship doesn't mean that I'm going to back off of holiness. Doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to back off of prayer. Prayer. Yeah. That I'm going to back off of the commitment that you have to know God for who He is. That you yes. have that that I'm going to back off or tell you that you don't need to understand the characteristics of God. Which and how you going to know the characteristics of Him if you don't pray? How you yeah. going to he will respond if you don't read your word. You right. won't know how to hear him because you don't know what his voice sounds like because you never read your word. Wow. You know, have a commitment to prayer. So like, how can I expect you to be led by the spirit of God if you don't know what his voice sounds like? So yes. a personal relationship means that I position you with all of the tools necessary yes. and make you and then demand that you decide what that commitment looks like to you not that yes. i expect you to read it 24 hours of the out of the day because mm-hmm. none of us do right that, that you're going to be in prayer for you going frozen lady ck can you hear me can you hear me can you hear me i'm sorry okay, you can you hear me someone good. called in i'm sorry no um, I'm going to put you together with the tools necessary to make your relationship with God palatable and, and, mm-hmm. and make them understand that it doesn't, all, all of our, 
our time and our day doesn't look uh, the same, right? So when right. we look at Sister So and So, who who everybody makes her the model for prayer because she prays for an hour a day, mm -hmm. honey, I don't have time sometimes to pray for an hour a day. Sometimes it's pray little prayers throughout the day, right? And that's okay because the Bible says that men are always pray. I find myself just going about my day saying little prayers because it's in my spirit to that's do so. so. My spirit. Yes a mode of prayer because I do it con constantly. What that means, I remember reading this book that was really pivotal in my faith, and it was by R.W. No, no, no. Uh, what you know not, about not, that? R.W. Shambach. It was somebody back from what? Oh, mm -hmm. Smith Wigglesworth. Now, you know okay. he was a father of faith in the 18th. Yes, way back. So I, was reading, I was reading a book by him, and it was pivotal in my the way I looked at God. He said, it's not the length of the prayer, but the frequency thereof. So I can be with God three minutes in the morning, three minutes midday, Jesus. three minutes again, sometimes two more minutes at dishwashing time, a minute and a half at bath time. Yes. And I have prayed literally like the Bible said, without ceasing. I've said a series of prayer. My yes. spirit praying all day and so what i try to do is give my kids the tools of practicality mm -hmm. so that it sticks because a lot of times we have these dogmatic and these these things that we put up on a pedestal then it makes it unreachable for us yes right and so yes. i want my kids to understand that the same power and the same access that mother so-and-so who pray for an hour a day it is also available to you if yes. you pray for two minute increments all through the day or if you pray two minutes all day that's so good so it is it was it was not that I, a personal relationship to me was not letting them off the hook with commitment faithfulness yes. and to it a personal relationship that i demand you commit to whatever it is that you're going to do and at the end of the day there are components to your faith that have to be coupled with, with your belief if you believe that jesus died on the cross if you believe that he he uh is coming again if you believe that he lives in you these are the things that you have to do to feed that every day so that you yes. can just walk on the earth you got to cultivate that thing so you have to, it's not letting them off the hook in any way, but it's just letting them know that dedication and commitment to that has different faces at yes. different time and at different phases in your life. And yes. so, you know, just watching those phases and helping them to cultivate them and putting them, positioning them to understand that that, that is what that looks like for me. And that is why I feel like, my kids can on their uh, by their own choice say I'm going on a fast mm -hmm. for three days. Yes. And it's not again not with my lead and it is because they've been foundationally given all of the principles, all of the tools to make those decisions, understanding that and, and making sure that their foundation is sure. My yes. kids believe Jesus, honey. Oh Absolutely. and honey, they will defend that faith, honey, down to the ground. I love it. I'm telling you, apologetically sound, can Come tell on. you scientifically, can tell you just uh, the things that still exist on earth that point to you. Like my kids, I ain't no joke out here with that. But that's because that I had to take the time to make sure that they were positioned. And it was important to me, right from children, from birth, that's, let's just be honest, when my children were born, I asked how God wanted to use them. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when they were, throughout their life, I would see God's 
handprint and footprint on things that they would say or do. And I would take note of them. I had a journal where I would just put things that my children would say or do that showed the handiwork of God in their life. And I would just note it because it always was in, in alignment with God told me from the beginning. And so I just tried to steer them toward what God had already told me. Because again, we already know goals are good, right? So my children didn't come out the womb interceding, you know, but <laughs> I knew that that was the end game. So I knew that, you know, say brother had the gift of intercession from birth. He didn't come out that way, but everything that I did subsequent to understand that, that that's where God wanted to use him was always pointing to that. I always kept that in mind. But I do want to give hope to parents who may not have paid that close of attention right from the beginning. I do want to give hope to that parent because it's not too late. There are still the biggest uh, thing that the I, I learned years ago is that we are living epistles, right? To be read of men. And before people pick up the Bible, they see you live, right? Yes. So I think that the most important thing is that you talk faith and, and share some of your experiences in faith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When, when, when you didn't believe and what God did and helped you to believe, what your spiritual goals are for the year. Like I yes. said with my kids at the end of last year about what I was praying for. And she might have got a call. This is so good, y'all. I hope you all are, are enjoying this. Please make sure you like and share. Okay, she's back. Um, but there there um I think it was important for me to, you know, I think it's important for me to say here that no matter, no matter if you didn't pay that close of attention. Let your children see how you live. Engage them in conversations that have to do with faith. Yes. Tell them what the spiritual goals are and let them see you go after them. Let them see what it is that you're doing to posture yourself mm-hmm. to get there. Like I was telling my kids, like I had been talking to the Lord um, at the end of last year about discerning his voice. Mm. and um, making sure that I'm discerning appropriately and that I'm positioned to hear. And then when I got the answer, I shared that too. Good. Even if that answer meant rebuking me about Mm. some of my old habits and the old things that they may have experienced me doing or or ways that they saw me respond, right? And I'm telling yeah. them, you know what? You know how I always do this? And how the Lord told me that wasn't the way he wanted me. And that was the answer. And then my kids be like, that's bars. No <laughs> cap. <You know? laughs> they get to see. I love it. They actually physically get to see a living, breathing testimony of God's goodness. So and important. They get the they get the benefit of seeing that God is okay with processes. So he important. Doesn't, he doesn't, he's not interested in you changing overnight, right? right? He is interested in getting the benefit of your process because we already know that processes make it stick. Yeah. Right? You know, if you get something overnight, you know, it tends to be fleeting. But when you when you've been this way for so many years, Shonda, I know you talk about it all the time. You've been this way for some of your mindset. It's been so many years. And yes. it's falling off bit by bit. Condition. Piece by piece. Slowly but surely unraveling so that you can get your, get your life. And then now you have this moment where finally all of the pieces are together. And next thing you know, you free and you've been walking in it for, for months now. Yeah. 
Come on. Because God honors process. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? God honors that process. I'll never forget this, and I shared this with my kids. I remember that I, I had a situation in my life that had hung on to my life for about 18 years. Wow. I'm not playing. I was bitter for 18 years for one situation. It really ruled my life, wow. right? And I remember getting to a point where I broke because I had just, I had been harboring this in my body, mm -hmm. my mind and my spirit for 18 years without mumbling a word to anybody, mm -hmm. which is another talk all by itself. Okay? Um, with holding that into my in my body, holding it in my mind, mm -hmm. holding it in my spirit, not releasing a word of it. It was just held all there, right? Yeah. So you, under, you understand how mind, body, and spirit was yes. was reacting to all of those things because it was housed, right? So I told my kids about it. and um, But what I shared with them was that I went to God because I broke. Mm. It, I, was, I was losing it. I was losing my junk, okay? And I went to God, and I only thing I could say was help. And then I started doing this routine of, like, going in my bathtub, and that became sanctuary for me and God. Yes. Right? That's where I could hear him. I tell my kids, if you need to go in the closet, go up underneath the bed. Wherever you make sanctuary, if it's on the toilet, let it be your place where let you go. Let it be. Okay? So I said, um, I would go in the, in the tub. And God, in that moment, did me like he did the woman at the well. Mm. Now, when she was caught in adultery, he told her, you an adulteress. Right. Right? He He... Kicked the hard fact about right that was in her, right? Oh. But he said that's okay. Mm -hmm. Go and sin no more. I'll handle the rest, right? right? Jesus. And God told me the same way. God allowed me to go through my process. He he said, Teresa, you come in here, but you know you got to deal with that, right? Did you and called it by name, Teresa? You know you got to deal with so and so and so and so and so, so, right? But you know what? The next thing is what was life changing for me. He said, and I, he said, you got to deal with that bitterness. And you know what he said next? He said, you'll get there. Wow. Which meant to me, wow. I didn't, I'm not asking you to release it today because that's what we tell people. You need to forgive now. Right. You need to, right now. You right now. No. Yes. You, if you keep going yes. to God, then your thoughts will become his thoughts. Yes. And people begin to think what he That's thinks so about good. it, and then you won't want it anymore. So wow. God honors process because it does, it's not an overnight change that your thoughts become his thoughts. Right. Come on now. Why Why do we we don't give ourselves no grace in that particular area? No, we we're not people, now we all depressed. Right. We, we don't go from, from not even praying at all to tomorrow our thoughts being our thoughts. It's a slow turn. You can't get on a carnival cruise ship and make a hard turn because you'll flip the boat over. Flip right over, Titanic. But what has to happen is it has to be a gradual turn. Yes. On course. Come on. You know? And so that's the thing that God ministered to me is like, hey, I don't need you to just drop it all today. But if you keep coming here to me, yes, then you'll find that my ways and your ways ways are merging. Come on, you won't want that bitterness, and you that's the mindset. That's the mindset. Yeah, and so I shared that with my Jesus. children. I 
shared that with my kids because I was in error. Jeez. And God told me I was in error. But then he allowed me to make the slow turn. He was so gracious and graceful to me. Ooh. And he allowed me to allow his spirit to come in me. And then I found me saying what he said about me. My God. I found him, I found him giving me the strength and the courage because some of the things that we got to deal with take strength and courage. It sure you does. Rages, you know, um, to deal with some of those things, to have some of those conversations that you need to have. You got to have courage, you know. And so God started giving me strength and courage to do those things that mm -hmm. that I needed strength and courage to do. And I needed my kids to understand that being saved doesn't mean ease. Ooh. It doesn't mean all your problems are going to go away if you if you are saved and if you love the Lord and if you have a prayer life. I just needed everything to be practical. But what I find in that practicality is my and that God is reachable to my children. And yes. I think that is the thing that we all struggle with. Yes. Um, I think that was all yes. fundamentally our generation's struggle is that God seems so far away. So far. So untouchable that he already needed us to be perfect to come. Yes. You know, so I didn't, I didn't want that for my kids. I wanted to make sure that they understood that that wasn't what God was, even though it took me years into my adulthood into parenting them mm -hmm. at, that that wasn't that wasn't the character of God. And so that was the thing that made made the most sense to me. But again, I want to be an encouragement to parents who yes. may not start early. That is not too late. Just 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 start answering some of the questions that you have for yourself. That part. Right. You know your, your own questions. <laughs> you know your own questions. That's another thing. I feel like the reason why some parents have not asked those questions is because they're not sure about the answers themselves. Um, themselves yes. Um, so that means that you got to go on a journey of learning as well. Yeah. Learn with Take them with you. Take them with, with you. On the journey. Y'all like, can figure it out together. That's so powerful. And don't you think that, and I'm going to go back to my own childhood. I think some parents think that children think, oh, I have to appear perfect to my child. Anything less than that is a failure. Nope. Mama, guess what? I never wanted you to be perfect. I just wanted to be a part of some of your journeys. I just wanted to bond with you with some stuff because no, I never, I never thought you were superwoman, but I thought you were a dang on superwoman though. You mm -hmm. see the difference? You yeah. ain't, you ain't no, I mean, come on. And when we don't allow our children to take some of these journeys and we try to appear to be perfect, I think our credibility drops. Absolutely. You understand like generation very is very visual. They're very yeah. uh, in, uh intentionally uh literal about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And uh if you uh, one thing that I told my kids and my daughter is out there in the waiting room. I told my daughter, I said, let me tell you something. I'm trying all this out on you and brother. It is what it is. I said, because guess what? If you were supposed to come through the shoot with a book, you forgot to give it to me. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm learning Jesus. as much as I'm teaching. Come on. And when I get it wrong, we'll go sit on the therapy couch together. Yeah. I'll okay. Because everything that I've done has been done with the best intention, but it doesn't mean that it was right. Wow. Because That's I'm just so real. And That's with so that being I told my kids that I think they might have been about six and eight. And I kept rehearsing that just in case they forgot. Because I'm, I, 
I had a conversation two days ago with my son and I told him, son, I got that wrong. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. But if you do your part, I'm going to be your biggest supporter. I'm going to do my part in order to fix this. Come on. I still do it. And what does that do? Because a lot of times it, there's resentment and you got to be able to be, because it makes you, like, I don't want to be plastic to my kids because then they're stopping because they, they ain't perfect. Right. So then they feel like an outlier in the house that they the only one who ain't perfect. Right. So they, what they coming to you for? I right. just need them to know that I'm just as crazy as they are. They crazy. Yeah. They crazy. I'm and, and me too. And so we're going to all figure it out together. Right. But I think that that is one of the biggest things is that we don't take our kids on our journey. We feel like perfection is the thing to show them when yeah. they're perfect. They know they're not perfect and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with them because you're so perfect. Right. If one you thing we did um, most recently, we will be um in our home three years in may oh my god three years already yeah we Ooh. built our credit from the 400s come on to home ownership speak to it today during the pandemic jesus and we took our kids on the journey with us jesus we showed them our low credit scores we showed them everything we owed and because i i kind of i'm the banker in the house Okay. Create the budget and the way we do our money, my kids see how that happens. Okay. And so they saw us go from 400s to wow. home ownership. Glory to God. Taking them on that journey with us, I believe just, and that's a natural process. That's yep. not a spiritual process. Yes. But I believe that us going on that journey with them kind of set them up in the spirit too because they they can see that this is not something that we did overnight right this is something that we got ourselves into come on and while we found favor we had to get ourselves out yes absolutely we didn't That's so good and say this is what i got would you accept it and yes. they were there for those phone calls and some yes. of those phone calls resulted in the creditor saying no we want more yeah okay, okay. And so they were able to see that we were rejected in some things. And I believe it was just life lessons. Yes, life lessons. Number one, don't make the same mistakes that mama and daddy made. Yes. Because you don't have to. Come on. You 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 have the ability to learn from my mistakes because I'm not too big to share them with you. That's so good. But should you make those same mistakes? Right. You have the steps. You see what we had, what we did. Come on. Because you walk this journey with us. If yes. It's on the journey of the things that we don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it teaches them lessons in life that we learn in our 40s and 50s. Yes. Their youth. And so yes. they can take those lessons. I believe that that's a lesson that they'll never forget. My kids are better about that than I am. <laughs> like they looking at their account more than I am and I got access. Yeah. Right? So. I just believe that if we take, if we don't discount their youth, yeah, that they can learn these. They're strong enough to learn these life lessons now. That you know they can they can benefit from them now. That's a part of bringing them up in the way that they should go. Yes, I and agree. So we go on these journeys with them, even if it's a spiritual journey. I don't know what 
salvation is. Great, me either. Let's figure it out together. Let's let's take a look. At it. <laughs> yeah, Talk this thing together. Come on. God looks like I don't know what God's voice sounds like. Oh my God, me either. Let's figure it out. Yes, like I believe I that I'm with us. We don't have to pretend. I love that. Love haters and gamers, Robinson. Thank you for your comments. I see that you are a certified peer support specialist. Thank you. I appreciate you for being on and for chiming in. Thank you. Here's here's what we have to, what I want to go back to. When in my generation, there was such a disconnect between parent and child. It was almost like, I'm up here. You're down here. You have no right to go on this journey. It's none of your business. But that, that's not the greatest parenting tactic because as my parent and as a parent, there's some things you want to teach me. How are you going to teach me if you don't talk to me? Right. You're going to leave some stuff up to either my own imagination or somebody on the outside. Then you're going to whoop me when I come home with something strange. But you didn't give me anything. So I, I, I took from wherever I could take information from drew my own conclusions and now here i am so how can you get mad when you didn't set a foundation with me yeah you want to live your life over in your spot of the house and i live mine and every now and then we go to church together church can't be the only time y'all together yeah come on ain't nobody talking about the pastor you ain't like having dialogue in sunday service what you what you hear you gotta wait i mean come on the disconnect in the parenting and again no shade to my parents people do the best they can with the information they have in the time period they're born so i'm dealing with i'm dealing with that i'm dealing with that this whole show was is is created to deal with some stuff so i had questions <laughs> when i think about um some of the disparities and and um when i came up one of those things was that difference between parent and child to just being stern and let you know yep. I ain't staying with you? You know what I'm right. saying? Yes. I'm parent and I need you to respect me, right? Yes. Um. So that was the thing. But I realized that it didn't start with my mom. Okay. Come on. And, you know, it didn't start with her. She was raised that way. Mm -hmm. Her mother was raised. Yes. And so, but now, you know, we are a little bit more conscious just because of some of the resources that we have available. Like right. so much that are being had in this generation mm -hmm. about those things. So we just have a little bit more, we have a lot more information. We got information so in a device that we carry all day long. Like yes. we got information at our disposal. And if, if they had had that information, maybe they would have made some of these same decisions. Absolutely. So at some point we have to kind of let them off the hook right because of and, and understand you know what what contributing factor mm -hmm. went into why why they did some of the things that they did i also feel like the old church has to be let off the hook because if okay. i'm honest um I, I i remember hearing stories from larry about how the church of god in christ used to be about holiness and all of those things yes. and they said you couldn't do in order to be holy and yes. I think the genuine, the genuine thing that was the common thread upon them, they really just wanted you to see Jesus in peace. They really did. That, that was really what they, they did. That really is, is so true, sis. Way of you making it in, even if it meant not going to the picture show, even if no it picture meant show. wear lipstick and, and, and mm. wear your elbows out, whatever it was, all I want you to do is see Jesus in peace. Yes. Even 
some of those tactics were just not biblical, but they truly believe that those things would avoid or prevent you from getting in. And so they said, just avoid it. Yes. You know, and I understand that sentiment. I feel like I would err on the side of caution too if, if it meant, you know what I'm saying? That it right. was salvation was at stake. Right. I truly believe that we as a people, as a, even our generation and generations to come, they have to let folks off the hook because yes. you got to understand that people did the best that they could with what they knew and what yes. they had at their disposal when you get um, better information or information that resonates with you and that works for your parenting style then you adapt it and do what is good for you but you don't yeah. say just because people did what they could with what they had that it was wrong it was what they knew it's what they knew and maybe it didn't work for you well now you have the opportunity to make it better and yes. guess what some of the things that you did ain't gonna be good for what they wanted and right. Raise their kids to do something different. It's a constant cycle of evolution it is. that happens. Yes. The more information you get, the more you have something to work with and yes. alter based on what your what resonates with you and what what agrees with your spirit for your particular situation. Absolutely. So I think we got to do a lot of you know we got to do a lot of healing, just as every generation does. And you have the tools at your disposal when you got Jesus Himself, so mm -hmm. you have all of the tools that you need in order to heal. But you got to let them off the hook. You got to understand that there are going to be adjustments along the way. Right. Those adjustments, and then just live out your life the way that you know that God has given you to to do what it is that He has for you to do for your family. But we right. blaming. Because people do the best that they can with what they have, regardless. Because a lot of the, our perspectives are shaped by our experiences. All of us. All of us. All of our perspectives are shaped by our experiences. Yes, they are. Really rebuked me about it because he said, you deal with me the same way that you deal with everybody. You right. Know, you don't trust anybody to, you know, you don't put yourself out here to trust anybody else. You always got a plan B for just in case somebody don't do what they said they're going to do. And you do the same thing with me. Wow. Real talk. You see what I'm saying? So talk. Oh, the things that we do are some total of our experiences. And sometimes it takes the Holy Spirit to come in and arrest those things. So that should yes. be more than you because you don't want it to become duty for your children. You want to do it. You want them to, to love the Lord because they want to love them. Yeah, absolutely. And that means that I pray that we have more conversations like this and we recognize that I'm do I did things the way I did because of what happened with me. Mm -hmm. And I have a book that called that's called It Didn't Start With You. There are so many things that we've been doing or generational choices we've made because that's all we knew at that time, good, bad, or indifferent. What concerns me is when people don't want to talk about it and don't want to make adjustments and don't want to have those heart-to-hearts and want to stick to a note, I'm staying right here. And and there are there is a population of people mm -hmm. that's like, I'm nope, mm -mm. this is the way it was done with me, and anything less is witchcraft. I mean, but, and I, and I want to say this because when I was growing up, yes, church was, was, there was no negotiating and I didn't have a problem with going. The problem I had, or I don't know if I want to call it a problem. The concern that I had was I wanted my family to be the same at church and at home. Mm 
Mm. If this is going to make sense to me. And if you're going to push this, then I need to see you being consistent everywhere you are. Because what you said at church, you came home and did the exact opposite. And even right now, I talked to my daughter. Gabby, you heard me say some things that I probably would want to pop you if I heard you say, I'm sorry you heard that and I had to repent to God, but that was how I felt at that moment and I own it. But a lot of times our children just want some consistency, maybe. Mm. Because if you're going to go hard, if you're going hard for the Lord and you, yes, you know, you you talking to me and then we, we having these dialogues and you, you guiding me, but then you do something exactly different where does that leave them and and many of us have parents who are or were in ministry and for me i would really get a really upset when yeah you can you got all these spiritual children and you everybody's you know spiritual this is spiritual that but you don't talk to me i do not know that like i hear that and i am a, i was a pastor's kid and I hear other pastors' kids talk about that. That is not my story. And God I is blessed. I praise God because it was not. My mama was not the typical. She was not the first lady. It's what she called us, what she said. Okay. First lady. I am major's wife. Hmm. I did not marry the church. I married. Oh, come on here, mama. And that's that's kind of how she and Y'all see the post I put up about them. Maybe that's that's how she's always been. She was not over the women's ministry. She was over the usher board. Come like, on, Usher. Come on, your mama did it the right way. That's the usher roles that you hear that the pastor's wife is supposed to. That was never her, and so I never grew up with. My dad being there for everybody, I, d- I don't have that story. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was the envelope pusher in our church. I was definitely the one, like, well, why I got to wear a dress? Why, why we got to go to church for five nights because it's revival? Like, what? Mountain revival? In the Bible? Like, like show it to like Because if you can show it to me, then I can make it make sense. Right. So I was always very investigative when you say something. is If it's in the Bible, then... Just show it to me. I, I'll research it myself because I've always been analytical. Mm-hmm. But I don't have those stories. So I don't have the disdain with the church that a lot of people have that grew up in the church mm-hmm. because that was not my reality. My my parents allowed me to ask questions. Right. I was not questioning God because I was inquisitive. They, wow. I was never put on punishment or rebuked for that. Mm. So I didn't grow up in that way, even though I grew up in the old school Southern Missionary Baptist Church. My daddy wore red and green suits. Quartet. Come on here. Like I grew up very traditionally based, but I feel like there was always leeway for me to ask questions and figure it out on my own. And so that's kind of that part I won't take away from my upbringing because I feel like my parents did a good job in that re- in that respect. Yes. So my mom sat down with me at fourteen and showed me how to make a budget. Okay, come on here. She sat down with their bills and let me know, like, this is what we bring in and this is what goes out. That's so wonderful. She explained the reason why we tied. Like, I feel like my parents were very practical. Mm-hmm. And then in that regard, I feel like I'm also very practical with my kids. Mm-hmm. If I can't make it make sense, I'm going to say I don't know. And I think a lot of times we as, 
as parents, we don't want our kids to know that we don't know. Right. So we make stuff up. That's, that's we, it. We totally negate the question or dodge the question because right. we don't know. And instead of saying, I don't know, let's figure it out. We don't. And so I feel like that's kind of in the church in general, that's where a lot of issue lies because we don't want to say that we don't know. Pastors don't want to say, I don't know. Nope, you're right. So they'll asking a question. So yeah. you're right. You we, right. we as individuals have to get over that. And I believe that it really just begins with us with conversations like this. Absolutely. Being and bringing the children along on journeys. Um, my sister and I have discussions all the time about our upbringing. And we kind of, we ask, we ask our questions up from each other. Mm-hmm. No, because some parents aren't prepared. Even when you, when you get older, they don't want to hear any of your questions and they will never admit that something wasn't necessarily sound. And I'm not trying to have no smoke. I'm just trying to make sure that in my own raising of my child, that I cover some areas that I might've been a little deficient in. Um, but I have, I have played the blame game before. And I am transitioning out of that because what does it get you? I'm stuck. Stuck. I mean, frustrated, <laughs> frustrated mad. Then it went on about their life. And you sitting up here, what? Stuck. They on the glory because they didn't did they didn't did their best and got honored their best. They yes. go here and you still down here mad. Yes. And it gets you nowhere. But I am able to take what I've experienced, put it on a nice little whiteboard in my brain. And say, okay, I see where there was an opportunity right here where I can use my resources and switch that. Where, where I wish my parents would have sat me down and said, here's what how you budget. Here is what we, it was very secretive. Don't don't pick up a bill that you ain't supposed to uh, put that down. That ain't yours. Put that down. Don't answer the phone. Don't answer the door because Rainbow Rental is coming to get your, the couch you sitting on. I mean, it just was what it was. But I and now and for me, my practicality came from how secretive we had to be back then. I don't want to live where I can't answer my phone, answer my door. I, I talked to every creditor. Hey, Pam. Yep, don't have it yet either. But you want the file I got? Okay, you, wh- where I send this $5? I mean, I'll try five more next week. I don't run from creditors. They don't go away. They garnish you. And then you in the prayer line. <laughs> Asking the saints to pray for you because you decided to just not pay when they had been asking you. You thought you were going to pray it away or just ignore it. And then they garnished your check. Uh, no, online church mother don't pray for you in that case. She's going to sign you up with some counseling with your credit and she's going to give you some um, she's going to give you some resources. That's the kind of church mother I am. OK, because yeah. prayer may not be the answer. You need to change your behavior. And yeah. come to you need to do some things differently in this season. So I may pray for you at the end of your credit class, but going into it, um, it's gonna be some learning. So now when we go out here and go to um the furniture store and they got that buy now, pay later, and interest, I say the devil is a lie, that's rainbow rental in disguise. Yeah. I will wait and save up and get me a folding chair, and I'll get a more plush chair. When we have all, I mean, that's just how I think. I was, um, I don't want to see it. It's, I lost so much in payday loans mm-hmm. that if you, you, the bankers are going to offer you early pay. It's a payday loan, boo boo kitty. You got to pay that back. 
with some interest. Now, if you need to, because you ain't got no food, I'm okay. But trust, if you keep on getting that early pay and not paying them back, you're going to be in the red when your paycheck hit. Don't get in my prayer line. Nope. I'm just going <laughs> to give you some... some I am going to sit you down at the back of the church and we're going to talk about some things. Do not get in my prayer line for that. I'm going to start screening y'all prayer requests. Prayer request screening. Prayerrequestscreening.com <laughs> Because some of you all are wasting the Holy Spirit's time. <laughs> y'all calling on all the disciples and this, you, you done this. Ah! You done it. And what for? Huh? <laughs> Online church mother is a different kind of person. We're gonna learn together what this what the contract said. We're gonna read the contract, we're gonna know the loopholes. And if you know you ain't got the, the offering, don't get in there writing checks and you ain't got no money in that account. Don't do that. And the offering don't say the official or unofficial offering. Don't do it. If you know you ain't got it, just sit on down and just rock back and forth and say, Lord, one day I want to have it. But them, them faith checks, don't do that. And don't even let your children see you doing that. That's not how faith works. That's just being stupid. You're going to put your account in the array to, to appear like you got all this. Oh, I can do the thousand dollars. Yes, the Lord is blessing me right now. No. Hang out. No. And it's okay. And but it's back okay. in my day, we wanted appearances. It was all about what you appear to have. That comment, because we want to look like yes Smoking we, want to, we want to appear to be so perfect everything oh that family is just blessed they got a new car every two years the lord is blessing them child you just don't know the repo truck just brought that car back what mm -hmm. so i hope that we can have more conversations on uh, in, in parenting there should be very few discussions you shouldn't be able to have when it comes to like money spirituality i ain't seen you gotta lay everything out but but how are they gonna learn if you don't bring them on a journey how are they gonna grow and you know when they get old they won't depart but they don't even know what they're not departing from i mean you gotta train them give them something give yeah. them something because mm -hmm. when, when i was younger yep we did go to church and i appreciate my home church loved it still talk to my home church pastor he's like a second father um, but then when it came to, when I got older, I wrote my, my pastor a letter. When I got my own vehicle, I'm saying, pastor, I love you. You are, you've been a dad to me when I, you know, when I needed you to be, but now I'm older and I need to move on. Cause I need a little bit more. It's no disrespect to you. I'm going to love you forever, but I just need a little bit more. If y'all having special events, I'm going to be here. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just I'm 18 now and I'm starting to get a little, my hunger, my appetite is starting to wake up for the things of God. And I want to know a little bit more. And at first I was like, I shouldn't give him this, but he was like, thank you. You were honest. You didn't leave. Like, I'm leaving that drink. Nope. And I kept in, in contact. And right after that, he stopped preaching because he started getting older. I mean, he does evangelism, but he didn't, he stopped pastoring because he probably knew he was coming to the end of the time as well. I spent most of my life with the same pastor. And you know what, Tanya, I want to say something right as you're talking about that too. I'm not saying don't love your church. If right. you are deficient in um, teaching your children, if that's a place that you love, 
Mm -hmm. then I think it's your responsibility. If you don't, if that's where you want to be, that's where you know the Lord has told you to be, then what I admonish you to do is have a conversation. Yes. Hold your church accountable. Yes. For children's spiritual well-being. Yes. I want to be here. I know, I know I, I get fed here. I know that I serve here and I love it here. But the fact of the matter is because you don't have a curriculum teaching my children yes. and I'm losing my children. Yes. Don't mean that much to me that I am willing to lose my children. Right. Your deficiencies as far as a curriculum that makes my children's faith just as strong as mine until yes. they sit in the same sanctuary with me. I did that. Have an understanding. Absolutely. So our responsibility as parents to hold our places of worship accountable for yes. a, a, a godly and biblical that is going to feed our children yes. and, and make sure that their spiritual well-being is cared for if you're entrusting your children to be with them as you're in another service. Absolutely. Very good point. That when we got back from back in person from the pandemic because we were back in person and we were figuring out what service looked like because it had been almost three years. But after a couple months, I'm like, all right, they're sitting in here. There's nothing geared towards them. What are we doing? And I was able to go to my leadership and say, I got a question. <laughs> what are we doing for these kids? Because we're back in in-person worship and I get it that we're still social distancing and all, but what are we doing for them? Because the service is, is geared toward me. Right. What yeah. are we doing for them? If we're not doing something for them, then, and it was not an ultimatum, but it was just mm -hmm. honest. Then right. I'm not changing my membership, but I am taking my kids a couple Sundays a month to get fed. Yes. So we can do dual membership if we need to, like whatever that looks like when I find wherever we're going to go, then we can have a sit down with their new pastor and you, and we can figure out what that's going to look like. But something it. has to be done because I can't let them fall by the wayside because we, that. you know, because we're figuring out life again. We are figuring out life again and they are a part of my life. So I have to, we have that's to, I have to say something. So yes. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. We, we have to hold our places of worship accountable. But and that's honest. And that, that goes for us as adults, too. Yes. If you're not being fed and you know that God has said that you can't go anywhere, then you should be able to go to your leadership yes. and Come on. say, hey, hello, <laughs> here I am. I want to be here, but I'm not. Being like we should be. I feel like we should be able to have open dialogue. With no fallout. If we are active contributors. Yes. With without falling out, without Absolutely. you getting on your pulpit trying to subliminally talk about me. No, exactly. no, we we exactly. we should be able to have private discussion because your your worship experience for me, that's a very big part of my life. Absolutely. I'm in this thing for real. I ain't perfect, but I'm not just looking for a feel-good Sunday morning tickling of my emotions. You know, it's things going on here in this world. I need, I need a good home base. I got my own work to do, absolutely. But I need a, a good home home church that's, 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 you know, giving us the real word in a way where it's digestible for me and it hits home for me. 
So you ought to be able to have these discussions without yeah. falling out, without having knocked down, drag out, without dragging somebody's name through the mud because you feel a, a type of way about it. Stop all that foolishness. And I pray that there are church leaders watching because we should have a dialogue in love. And you should actually, and this is just me talking, I would appreciate someone to not just book up on me, but come to me and say, pastor, so-and-so, you know, I love you. We've been here for 20 years. You know, we we have a relationship. You know, my kids, I know your kids, you know, I babysat for you and all that good stuff. But I just got a couple of con concerns and questions. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I really, I like it here. I, you know, there's things that fit here for me, but as, I just want to talk a little bit. But back in the day, if you did that, you was excommunicated, outed. You had a demonic spirit on you. You were rebellious. You were a Jezebel. You were a harlot. You were you were a whole bunch of just strong words just for asking a question, just for caring enough about your worship experience to want to talk about it. Yeah, I think, gotta, I think we got to realize too, Tanya, about that, about that dispensation of time. Yeah. And I think we got to realize how, that we aren't that far removed from slavery. Truth. Truth. We are not that far removed from that. That, Truth. And I think that mentality followed us into our own lifestyles. Okay. That that submission mm -hmm. um, followed us into our own culture and, and into the way that we did things. And so I think that, again, that's why... I mean, that's generational trauma. It I mean, is. It's is is. another topic and another, another for another you topic. You are so right. Saying how those how those things appear and reappear and appear and appear and appear, and they all have roots. You know, we just that's why I said that it really do, it really does us no good to to hold on and and keep people on the hook because there are so many things that are beyond you know the surface that yes deep stuff that exactly that lent to that behavior and those types of you know perspectives being brought forth in in all of the things that we do you know right. so I, I i really believe i really believe that just like shonda was saying as well like for us it is is imperative that we have those conversations hey yes. i just oh you know holiness is a thing that i really believe in do you believe in that around here because uh, no, we're not saying nothing. Are, is this church more given to relevance or than telling people the real truth because you might be afraid that they're going to leave or like what, where right. are you with that? Or what, what are your fears as a pastor? What is it that, you That's know, how, how are you like cast that vision so I can know what it is that you stand for and whether or not this is going to be a good fit for me and my family because right. So it's certain things that I don't want you be to be afraid of because we need mm -hmm. the truth of the gospel to lead us, mm -hmm. you know. So it's just you have to have those conversations. You do. You Corporations do it. Hmm. Corporations do it. They have those. That's meet about the goals and the mission and the vision and the core values. Why wouldn't we want to have those kind of dialogues about our churches? And keep that's it. Serious. Serious. It out front. Let it not be just talked about in new membership class. You gotta keep yes. talking. You gotta keep. You gotta keep talking about it, and then you gotta meet back to see if you on target. That's good. You know, so good. these are the goals. Okay, let's where we at? <laughs> are we are we doing what is necessary? 
carried it like that we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, is everybody? I don't. I don't think there's any. You know, uh, companies have where you give a survey, and I'm not just saying companies I, do I, it. It. I don't want to make it. You know, so. Um, I don't want to make it so political or so uh, corporate or anything like that, but I want to know, you know, I, I, that's one of the things that I'm implementing here is giving people an opportunity. Well, I have a, you know, we can go give a Google review, but mm-hmm. I want to know. And the reason why I want to know is so yes. that I, I can raise my levels of service. That's so good. I can give people what they need. And I'm going to also ask them what could have made this, this experience. Oh, that's so good. But, what would make this excellent? Come on. Know those things so that I can raise my level of service. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't bother me one bit to give you what you need. Right. Because I, I realize that this is just not business for me. It's also ministry. It is. For where they are in a lot of time, a lot of times. And so it doesn't bother me to say, well, you know, what would what would make it excellent? Maybe I might not come to that level i might not be able to give you 25 dollars back every time but what can i do to make this experience enjoyable for you so or if it's not if i can't give you 25 dollars back what can i make uh what can i do that would be worth that 25 dollars? yes you know what i'm saying so i think that there's nothing wrong with hearing you know your people i think it only only makes you better as a leader it strengthens you you should want to have real discussion um you want your membership and your your the church experience to to be beneficial purposeful um you want people to say oh yeah i'm coming back here so there should be some discussion about i mean why wouldn't church want to survey how so we serve you can we serve you better and bringing that back to our discussion our children should be allowed yes on it Same was, principle. I like how you did that. Okay. <laughs> I like how you did that. Said that. Like you, yes. you have to. You ain't have to say it to me like that. Right. Um. You know the way that the way you dealt with that hurt my feelings. Yes. You hurt my feelings when you dealt with it like that. You don't have to be so harsh with me. Right. Like our children should be able to, you know, help you understand the temperature that what you do for one you might not. Ooh, that's not, so good. You know, let them let them tell you the things that don't serve them well. Because if it doesn't serve them well, then they ain't gonna listen to you. Know how they're gonna shut part of you off. So we call them I statements in therapy. Yeah, I feel this when you do this. I would like to know if you can possibly do this instead of that. We that's therapy. Gays boundaries, and a lot of parents don't like boundaries with their. Oh come on. But you, but so you also have boundaries. They have yeah. feelings and they yeah. have all of those things. And at the end of the day, it's not just about getting a thing off your chest and just correcting. It is that that thing that you have to say harshly falls on fertile soil. Because you know it doesn't feel good to hear when you say it in a way that is, is fruitful to them that they can receive. Yes. It goes down. And even though it's hard to hear, Boop. It can be digested that, the right way. Orders that see the Bible yes. faithful in Proverbs, and when it says "faithful are the wounds of a friend," Ooh. that means that I might have to tell you some things that Come you on. might not want to hear. But at what? the end of what I got to say is a faithful friend, and it's real love. It's 
real love. It is it is faithfulness mm. in that thing. And so I am faithful to my responsibility to my children to be a mom. Yes. And some of the messages that I have to give are not necessarily easy to hear, easy yes. to absorb. But at the same time, if I hear and I let them, them give me the temperature of what, you know, how they can receive from me yes. ways that absolutely don't resonate with them. Now, I don't mean that I don't have to say that harsh word that I got to right. buck my eyes and point my finger when I say it. I may not yell it, but when I point my finger and buck my eyes when I say it, right, it's some serious, and I'm going to say that word. You may not like it, and I know it may not be what you want to hear right now, but I'm going to say it, but I want to say it not just to get it off my chest and to just put it out there, but I want it to be received even though it's not an easy word to hear. And That's I think so that, that we have to that we have to practice. And, and a lot of it is unlearning some of the ways that we were yes. communicated with. Unlearning. So that we can, Programming. <laughs> that, yes. Learning the way sometimes that we were communicated with and, and understand that it didn't help you. So when they say that again, all they're doing is running it back because you felt the exact same way. Yes. You know. Yes. I want to go back to one of the comments that love haters and gators put up. The blame game will have you depressed, sad, anxiety guilt acceptance will give you everything and denial will cost you everything um in the blame game i i resonate really strongly with what you said lady c when you were going through what you were going through for those 18 years mm -hmm. because i am coming out of a coming out of something similar where this thing had me by the jugular i mean like i can't say a whole lot about it or I felt a certain way about it and I was all in the blame game until I had what led me to break free part of it was a book club lay aside every weight um, mm -hmm. elder Shanita Miller's book um hit home for me because my my weight came from weights that I was carrying mm-hmm and when you can lay those aside and identify what those are, there's freedom in that. And I've been getting freed. That's probably not grammatically correct, but my freedom is unfolding mm -hmm. um, and it's in progress. My healing yep. is in progress. For me, healing is progressive. Yep. Um, it's not a destination. It's like, oh, I have arrived at healing. Thank you. 1.1 miles. 1.1 miles to healing. No, for me, it's, it's definitely a, a journey. Mm -hmm. And I am coming away from the blame game because it kept me anxious. And that's been my diagnosis, anxiety, depression, you know, all kind of stuff. And now that I am relinquishing some of this just by doing what we're doing right now, that is a form of healing for me, too. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought we would be in a household that would have two different churches. But it sure makes me feel good when my daughter says, Mama, come to go to my church with me. Yep. And I'd be like, yeah. And when I went with her and to see her have a worship experience, that was where she needed to be. And she brought her BFF. I'm like, yes. Yeah. 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 I, this, this is not bad at all. Look look at where you are. She's in church. And I was able to look in, look on the website and, and look on the, watch the, um, their service and kind of get to know how the word was being delivered and and i asked her what do you like about it and she told me and 
and we're doing this at this at our church, mom. I mean, just her excitement. Yeah. Oh, it just felt so good to have that connection with her. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I, I don't want an argument about a church to create a disconnection between me and my daughter. Yeah, it ain't that's not it's not worth worth that. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. It's not, it's not the connection. It's the connection with God that will keep them going. Yes. And, and if, as long as you foster that and as, and also I think it's very important to uh, stress the importance of fellowshipping somewhere, Mm -hmm. just because there are times where you need to be, you know, when you experience life, you understand the, the value of fellowship, the value in in company or in 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 worship with like-minded believers that you all with one accord you understand the power of fellowship power of praising god on one accord yes all's come down the bible i mean the bible is very clear when you know they were marching around the walls of jericho it just wasn't just one person it had to be a nation of people and they all marched around one accord and with one voice shout it down the wall that's yeah. the same as it is in the natural so it is the spirit you understand that things that walls come down when there is corporate worship and so yes. allowing them to understand biblically how worship has benefited how things how powerful things have happened when people were in company with other like-minded individuals yes power of corporate worship and not just taking the stands as oh i don't have to you know go to church to believe god but i'm there are certain miracles that happen in company mm-hmm. you know, certain things that you won't experience of god unless you are in company with believers and yes. so, you know those things are very important to to share with your children so that they don't act, adapt um cultural ideologies mm-hmm. Because the culture is saying so much. The yes. Going on. And so you're trying to teach your chi- child to be a rebel of the culture. And that means that you better be talking some sense because this culture is going to constantly talk. And so our kids, you know, sometimes become outliers to the culture. And so you better be sure that they have all of the information and an arsenal to be able to stand against the culture. Absolutely. And speaking of culture, we may not be able to deal with this in this particular show, but I'm just going to put this out there. One of the things that I believe um, can drive a a kind of a weft between um, the younger generation and certain types of churchical experiences is because many of us don't do well with the thought of inclusion. we do more exclusion. And when I say inclusion, I'm not saying not to believe what the word says is, is a sin. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is the truth of the matter is that on this planet are a lot of different types of people who have made a lot of different types of choices on how they choose to live and who they choose to cohabitate with. And if you are taking the stance of Christianity or being a believer, but you operate in hatred, that's not going to send a good message to your children um, if you're preaching God is love. So I'm trying to also consider some people, if they're looking at the church like, okay, you are you are spewing hate or you literally are attacking or physically attacking people for their choices, 
that doesn't necessarily align with a loving God. Now, there's a just God. He says what he says in the book. Okay. He, he, the Bible has said what it's, I don't, I will, I am not doubting what the word of God says. However, the loving part could love the person and not love what they necessarily do. And sometimes I know with my daughter and I, we have those kinds of conversations because she hears people, even in her own family, make these disparaging comments about certain groups of people and they claim to be churchgoers and it doesn't line up with the loving God. So this is this is this is what I will say about that. I think that church is a place for all people. Yes. We live in a fallen world and and people living contrary to the truth of God is nothing new. Right. Um, it's nothing new. I mean, you know, we can single out one group of people because that's just that group of people is just kind of out front right now, right? Right. right. Um, and you know, they say that if if you don't agree with their lifestyle, then you're not loving. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not typical, you know. Um, I believe now this is just me, you know, I, I'm willing to you know, stand on and listen to whatever uh, opposing perspectives. And I, I, it doesn't bother me one bit. Mm-hmm. I believe that everybody should have health care. I don't care who you choose to live with. I don't care how you cohabitate. I feel like you should be able to go to the doctor. Yes. And at this moment, you are in an alternative lifestyle. Then I feel like you should, you should be able to go to the doctor. Yes. I also believe... Now, what choice you choose is what you choose. One thing that God hasn't done to us is make us choose him. Mm. God has given us a choice to choose him. Yeah. Choose him or, or you don't have to. Right. The thing is, is that he's given us a choice. He has. Um, and I think that we have to do the same with other people. I agree. I think that we have to give them a choice. I mean, let them choose what it is that they they choose. But when it comes to standing on the foundational principles of your faith, mm-hmm. I love you. And but I don't have to subscribe to the way that you live. Just as just as if I'm a liar, I don't expect you to trust me. Right. That's you good. Because I'm a liar. And so I don't just innately believe that you just need to trust me just because I said so. Right. I believe that you can you can choose not to deal with me just because I I have shown you. Well and I'm not no let me I'm a, I'm a complete this phrase. Okay. You have a choice to deal with me or not, right? right? Based on what I've shown you. Yes. I believe that church should never turn anyone away. I agree with that. I believe however they come is how they come. Yes. One thing I think is the disparity in church is that we want to, we should, I think that what we should be doing is preaching the truth. Yes. At trusting God to do the change. Yes. What we do is we preach the truth and then we want to follow people home and make sure they live it. Absolutely. We do. I can't follow. I All I need to do is keep on giving you truth. Right. How you discern it is yes. your discern. Yes. But I need to go home. I will let the Holy Spirit do the work. 
and he and he will. And he will do the work. He will. <laughs> he will do the work. And if you never come to the place where you have, where you ever turn from that sin, because you truly believe, because let me, let's just be real honest. A lot of them truly believe that there is nothing wrong with it, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and mean no harm by being, you know, they don't even believe that they're being deceived. It's kind of ignorant, you know, like, like almost being ignorant of something. If you don't know, you really just don't know. Right. Do, do you turn that person away? I think that's mean. Me I, too. It's, I think you focusing on the wrong thing. Like my kids say, honey, you focus on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Lock in. You know, that's my kids. <laughs> you know, um, I feel like we are focused on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you looking at somebody who's a homosexual, then you ought to be looking at you because you mean. Yes. <laughs> I, and not even if you if you sweet, there's always something that God can come back and tell you you got wrong. Look yes. at me. The Lord got me right together. And I, I feel like I, I live this thing for real. Yes. Like, I, I know I'm saying showing up. You know, there are certain I, I just I, I have a moral compass mm -hmm. and that don't come from spirit. That come from, you know what I'm saying? That come from my soul. Like right. that's what moral compass is that that don't even have to reach down into my spirit. You know, that spirit is what longs for God, right? Yes. I have a moral compass, which is why I don't do certain things. Like certain stuff just be too far for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I have this moral compass that, you know, is is just me, my personality. Right. But deep down on the inside, I understand that all of us, God is striving with, right? And I believe that none of us are going to get out of here perfect. Right. I believe that too. And so do you spend time on imperfection? Because at the end of the day, then we all going to be imperfect. All of us. What you do have to do is you have to strive to let your ways again. That's what spending time with God does. If you truly, if you truly ask and say, God, I don't want, because there comes a series of questions. God, I don't want for me what I want. Hmm. If what it is that I am in does not align with you, could you just speak to me? Speak to me, Lord God. And I don't have to be right. But if you could just please believe that God is faithful to his word. Faithful. Like we try too hard to do the work. We try too hard to be concerned with other people's at mm -hmm. home. You know, yes. and I feel like we, we, I feel like there are opportunities that God gives us that yes. we need to be sensitive about and he'll give us opportunities to talk about. Like I find that I get opportunities just by asking certain questions or being a trustworthy person to yes to have to folks who have that stuff. And then yes. they ask, Auntie, what you think about this? You know, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, all right, so I'm going to have this conversation with you. Yes. Conversation. By the end of that conversation, I mean, I've had this conversation 50 million times with my little nieces and nephews who have been, you know, in, in lifestyles that, you know, church folks won't say nothing about. Right. But at the time, what I also find happens, and I, I just talked to one of my nephews who was recently, the Lord delivered him, honey. He was a full woman. Okay? Wow. My and God. I delivered him. But you know what he told me? What's that? He said the church people didn't say nothing to me. Okay. They stopped talking to me. Wow. 
because like this is how it was. They didn't say nothing. Nobody didn't try to give me Jesus. Okay. Like nobody tried to say anything. Wow. So that the Lord has delivered me. They got something to say. Wow. And he's trying not to be bitter. I understand that. Because, understand that. but again, the Bible says that we have to, we are responsible for truth, right? We are. So I'm not telling you not to say nothing mm -hmm. in church. You know, right. we have to preach the truth regardless of what it is, right? We do. But the Bible differentiates our truth. It, it classifies our truth, I should say. The Bible says that we have to tell the truth in love. Yes. The problem is why people are not being delivered in church is because truth is not being given in love. It is being mm -hmm. given it is condemning and um and i think that is where we we lose people well, I, agree. I i have sat in services i mean all of us can relate to the fact that like you're sitting in service in something that you know ain't right and then the preacher is just preaching mm -hmm. ain't called your name mm -hmm. don't know what you experiencing don't know what you did last night mm -hmm. they just preaching the truth and the meat of the word and you feel as though they have been talking to you and that they have had a bird's eye glimpse into what truly you have done on last night. Yes. Yes. But word itself found you. Mm. Think that what we have to do is renew our confidence in the word. Mm. It's work. Yes. Renew our confidence in the life changing power of God. Cause it changed your rusty self. It surely did. And honey, God knows that we have done some things that we never thought we would some do. Stuff. Stuck in some things that we never thought we would come out of. Absolutely. The word found you. Sure did. Let the word do the work. I love it. And you just make sure that you're sensitive to hear when you get the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yes. To directly communicate. Yes. You know, because when you go in the power of the Holy Spirit, then it won't be him. Talk, it won't be you talking it'll be him be him yes that's it, will so connect, it will connect with that thing in us that is an alien every human being that spirit man whether you've given it to god or not it will connect with that spirit man because that spirit man has a longing for god yes but you gotta it's just about it's just about ultimately it's about having the mind of god yes taking off your perspective about things and, mm -hmm. and your persuasions and opinions are about things. Yes. Put on, you know, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Yes. So that's what it's really about. Making sure you have them because he doesn't see them the same way that you see them. I love that. I love that. I want to thank Kyle Shonda. She had to leave. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being on the show, sister. Thank you for always supporting whatever I'm doing. Lady Teresa Callahan, I want to say to you publicly, I admire and respect you so, so much. The same you. I admire and respect I'm telling you, my first time in your chair and just experiencing just the conversation. And we, we just had such a great time while I was getting my makeup done. Always. Always. And I love, love, love you so much. And I am so excited for what God is doing uh, in you, through you, your family, 
um you're one of those people you and you and shonda it's certain people in my in my village where i trust y'all like when y'all saying stuff i'm, I'm like you know so you you have people in, in your in your world where you be like uh, okay you know what i'm saying and i am so grateful i'm looking forward to the event uh coming up in june i'm gonna run the um the video again at the end of the, the almost done for the night if you are in the metro detroit area or within a driving distance or you feel like catching a good flight i need you to get your ticket uh because these women have locked arms with other powerful influential entrepreneurs in this area and they are willing to teach us and share with us and give to us what the lord has given them um in terms of business and when women get together it's something powerful uh that happens um your event that you had was that last year lady teresa yeah august oh my god that was amazing it was just beautiful and elegant and the conversations the people in the room so much wisdom i love when we can just glean from one another cross generations I mean, you had all generations in that room. Oh, yeah. You had every generation covered in that room. Yeah. And the flow that was, it was just, I didn't want to go home. It was beautiful. I'm wow. looking forward to, to June. We need, we need this kind of stuff, ladies. Oh, absolutely. Um, You need to have a circle that can pour into you and that you can be a poor were as well because you may have something that someone else needs and if we don't talk we don't connect we do ourselves a disservice i'm gonna run that video but lady c thank you thank, thank you. you thank you thank for you. being so open about this subject and just inspiring us and encouraging us like you said it's never too late if you if you've been feeling like well oh, i messed that up it's not too late nah it's not too late to pay attention to the, your child, to have conversations, see what it is. And I like I like how you said you prayed when they were babies or probably even when you were carrying them. Lord, what is their gift? What what that have you called brother and sister to do? Yeah. And look at where they are now. Yeah. And how they are just to amazing young people. I love watching, you know, the graduations and all the wonderful things that they're doing, the accomplishments. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Our children are important to us. What yeah. goes into them, what they, you know, their spiritual walk. These are things that we just can't let just something just happen. Yeah. We need to be totally invested. And I want to say this thing, Tanya. Sure. And my children are far from perfect, right? Mm -hmm. I have teenage issues. I got a son that got a smart mouth, right? <laughs> Not brother. Ooh. That's <laughs> they those second kids text test your gangster. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now he is he is bold and fearless and all of those things. Mm -hmm. the Lord, and he knows the call on his life, but he got a smart mouth. Tyson. <laughs> Listen, Tyson's cutoff game is top tier. <laughs> person off flat out. I cut you off. Right. So they they have 
issues as teenagers. The difference with my teenagers is they aren't those things without conviction. Okay. So when you give them Jesus, they might have a smart mouth, but they can't walk off from that smart mouth feeling good about it mm -hmm. because they, they have that conviction. Yes. Doesn't mean that they ain't going to try. Doesn't right. Be mean. They gonna argue with one another. They gonna do things that's not right. Trust me, I I have had my fair share of things like you did what? <laughs> I are they teenagers still. So having Jesus don't make your kids perfect. Just want to let y'all know that having Jesus makes your teenagers teenagers. Period. You gonna be that. But the thing it does is it it gives them that conviction, that thing mm -hmm. inside of them that when they yes. when fear because they gonna fear. Right. Come back on track because they have a foundational belief and principle yes. and it is sure. So I just wanted to to end with that little encouragement that honey you're going crazy and doing crazy stuff because man <laughs> okay. So just to let you know. And I thank you for that. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you for your comments. Please like and share to Trailblazers with the Z Radio and Critical Conversations with LHG. We need to reach 100 subscribers. I'm also going to put the GoFundMe in the chat for our sister Coco, who needs medical treatment that is not covered by insurance. You watched her testimony. I listened to her. Oh, she's been going through a lot, so I'm going to put that in there. But I just want to once again thank you, Lady C. Thank you for joining, and I'm going to have you on again. I just like kicking it with you. <laughs> I love to kick it, too. <laughs> I love it. So you have a good night, ladies, and thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. We got to wrap up. I need you to do me a favor. I'm going to pop in. I'm, hopefully, my daughter is watching, and she'll put the GoFundMe in the comments. Please, please, please make sure you share the GoFundMe. Coco Fenton is one of the podcasters of Trailblazers Radio. Our sister is in dire need of medical treatment that is considered experimental and therefore uh, traditional insurance will not cover it. Uh, it is at least $8,000. We need to reach, if not exceed her goal, so she can go ahead and make her appointment and start uh, getting her treatments because um, she still is a just experiencing a lot of pain, a lot of trouble, and we just want her to have pain-free life. We we take pain-free life for granted. Um, thank you, Gabrielle, for putting the GoFundMe in the comments. So please share it uh, on your platforms, to your friend, your timeline. If you know of organizations in your community, like I'm in Michigan, but my sisters are in other states, and um, our CEO is as well in Georgia. If you know of, of any organizations that are national or local, um, if if you're in, I believe my sister lives in North Carolina, and you believe that if they can help us with this GoFundMe, then please inbox one of us uh, because I know that there are charitable organizations out there that may, you know, be able to help. We may not know who they are, so we need your help. All right, Tuesday night, listen. Girl Chat Weekly is going to be wonderful on Tuesday. We are doing part two of the menopause discussion. Calling all my ladies. I need you, even if you're not in the menopausal age per se, keep on living. So just join us and just get the information. We're going to talk about uh, our diet 
intake and some things that we can do to kind of combat some of the symptoms of menopause. I plan on having a couple of sisters in a studio. Girl Chat Weekly is only one hour. It is amazing. And it's all about us girls, all about our health, our wealth, our, our financial status. We're going to do a Girl Get Your Money Right series. So be in the live chat every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, all right? I got some big things coming in March. So just make sure you have your notifications set so you'll know what's going on. And again, thank you to my sisters, Lady Teresa Callahan and Kyle Shonda. I love them dearly. I'm going to play the video for their event again. You need to write this information down. Follow them. Go ahead and follow Teresa is T-R-E-S-A. Callahan, follow her. Follow Kyle Shonda. That way you know what they're doing. Uh, as you can see from demonstration, Lady Callahan is an amazing makeup artist extraordinaire. The makeup artist of the stars, celebrities. I'm telling you, and she'll make you feel like a celebrity if you ain't one. Uh, the way that she uh, uses her talents to just add and enhance your already existing beauty is a total ministry. All right. So I got to get out of here. Thank you. And happy birthday to my baby. Y'all say happy birthday to my baby in the comments. That's my 20 year old. Thank you all for joining, tuning in. I'll see you next week. Uh, let me find my commercial here and then we're going to roll on out. Okay. Y'all know I love you and I enjoy our time together. Good night. Thank you.